Welcome to the Finding True Health podcast, episode number 24. A lot of people tell me their biggest hurdle to improving their health is a lack of motivation. So we're going to tackle that fun topic today, and I'll be sharing the top two things I recommend you do if you're ever struggling with your motivation. But first, I want to give a quick shout out to those who have left reviews for the podcast recently, EarthGirl198, TMBRCA, Wife Mom Boss, and KD Weitenheimer. Thank you so much for your amazing reviews. You are why I created and continue publishing this podcast. And it's just so great to hear that it's helping someone out there. Speaking of motivation today, getting reviews for the podcast and getting feedback that it's actually helping people out there is one major source of motivation that keeps me going with it. So again, thank you from the bottom of my heart to everyone who's left a review and to all of you out there who listen regularly. If you haven't left a review for the show but have found it helpful in any way and you really want to make my day, I would be so thrilled if you'd leave a review as a way to thank me and also so that this podcast can be found by and hopefully help more people. Okay, let's get started. Hey there, friends. My name's Jenna Waite. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist, mother of five, and someone who's passionate about helping others find true health in the midst of diet culture and body objectification. Join me as we take our focus off of weight and body size and put it on to becoming the healthiest possible versions of ourselves so that we can have energy to live our best lives. I am so excited you're here. Now let's dive in. Hey friends, what's happening? Here in my neck of the woods in Southern Utah, it's getting pretty hot. Summer is upon us. I actually made a goal for myself in the month of June to get outside for at least 15 minutes every day because I often have a hard time getting out when it's so hot. And just this last week, I had an idea to combine my outside time with the 10 to 15 minutes of Pilates I try to do every day. So instead of just doing the Pilates down in my basement, I've been taking my phone, which I just watch YouTube video, Pilates YouTube videos and my mat and doing it on the lawn in my backyard. And it's been wonderful. It's not too hot in the morning. It's made the Pilates actually more enjoyable. I'm getting my sunshine and fresh air and nature. So I just thought I'd throw that out there if anybody else wanted to join me in doing some outside morning Pilates. It's kind of killing two birds with one stone as far as my health goes. All right, let's talk about motivation. Motivation is simply a desire to do a specific behavior or a general class of behaviors. You might be motivated by anything from desire to excitement to fear. There's lots of different things that can motivate us. Everybody struggles with motivation at times in varying degrees and in just different aspects of our lives. Today, obviously, we're going to be focusing on the motivation you need to achieve health goals but these ideas can be taken to help with your motivation in any area, really. And I think it's important, first of all, to understand that a lot of times we talk about motivation as if we either have it or we don't. And that's not really true. We always have motivation. It's just we're either motivated to move towards our goals or we have things motivating us to move away from our goals or our desired actions. We always have something motivating us on either end. But usually when we talk about wanting more motivation, it's we want to be motivated to do the behaviors that are going to get us closer to our goals, whatever they may be. 
we often have competing motivations, which are kind of like a psychological tug of war. For example, maybe you want to get to bed at a certain time so you can make sure you get enough sleep each night. But at the same time, a part of you really doesn't want to get to bed earlier because it enjoys those things you're doing between the hours of 10 and midnight, and you don't want to give that up. So you've got these two different competing motivations, and these motivations can kind of seesaw depending on whatever's happening around you at any given time. So it can get a little bit tricky sometimes. I want to take a quick minute and talk about how big of a role does motivation actually play in getting healthy? In my online course, Health Through Habits, I use something called the FOG behavioral model. This was created by Dr. BJ Fogg, who's a professor at Stanford University. And Dr. Fogg shows us a curved line graph, and on the x axis is ability, and then on the y axis is motivation. And these two factors directly correlate to each other and determine whether or not you'll do a certain behavior. You might be over on the one side really motivated to do something, but if you don't have the ability, then you're not going to do it. It might even be impossible to do. Also, you might be completely able to do something. Maybe you're even really good at it, or maybe it might even come super easily to you. But if you aren't at all motivated, then you also aren't going to do, do that behavior. You need some amount of both motivation and ability. And the higher you have of one, the less you need of the other. So for things that are naturally harder for you to do, or you really don't like doing, you're going to need more motivation for those things until maybe that behavior becomes easier or something that you like doing. So does that make sense? I'll go ahead and use an example here. Uh, I often like to use the example of brushing our teeth because it's one that most people can relate to. And I actually think Dr. Fogg maybe uses this example as well. But let's say you have high motivation. You really want to brush your teeth. You know how good it is for your mouth and you, to prevent cavities and you like the taste and you're super motivated, but you don't have a toothbrush. Then it's impossible to brush your teeth. Or maybe you have a disability that makes brushing your teeth really hard. So in that case as well, you might need more motivation to actually do that behavior because it doesn't just come easily. Now on the opposite end of the spectrum, let's say you have the nicest, highest end toothbrush in the world. Uh, brushing your teeth is super easy. You have no physical limitations, but you have zero desire to brush your teeth. You don't care if you have cavities. Maybe you don't believe it'll actually prevent, prevent cavities. You don't want to spend the five minutes at night doing it or in the morning. So you have zero motivation. There again, it's not going to happen. You need to have a little bit of both, maybe a lot of both somewhere in the, the spectrum, right? Now, if we come back to our question of how much motivation does it actually take to be healthy, we can see how diet culture often makes us feel like we need a lot more motivation to get healthy than we actually do. This is because diets often require us to do really difficult things like completely give up sugar and white flour or go hungry for long periods of time or do extreme long workouts or cook really time-consuming meals that don't even taste very good. There's often kind of this no pain, no gain attitude. And if or when you can't follow all of the rules that your diet 
has set up for longer than a week or two, then you're made to feel like a failure. You have no willpower. You don't have enough motivation. I personally feel that the vast majority of the things we do to get healthier should be things we already want to do, things we enjoy, things that come easiest for us, things that are high on the ability side already, or that can become high without a whole lot of effort. When you learn how to make healthy foods taste delicious, it doesn't require motivation to eat them. You want to eat them. When you find exercises that you really enjoy, then movement doesn't feel like a chore. If you can create a healthy lifestyle that you love, It requires very little motivation to continue with your healthy behaviors. So I believe that diet culture has really skewed our view of really how much motivation it takes to get healthy. But I also realize that there are going to be some times when you need at least some motivation to do certain health promoting behaviors, maybe to create a habit or routine, to learn certain skills that you're going to need to learn to create that healthy lifestyle. Most of us experience what Dr. Fogg calls a motivation wave. Your motivation is really high at the start of something, and then it comes crashing down as things get challenging or less exciting. So let's talk about what we do once, we, once that wave has kind of crashed and your motivation's feeling low. First, you can increase your motivation by identifying and then remembering your why. Motivation can fluctuate day to day, even minute to minute. So again, we aren't going to rely on motivation alone, but it can be really useful to identify our whys or our motivators and return to them as needed. Now here again, diet culture has really done us a disservice because a lot of people that I talk to, that I hear of, their motivation is weight loss. And they might have that desire for a variety of reasons. Maybe they're looking for approval Uh, Maybe it's for vanity. Maybe it's just to be more comfortable in their body. A lot of times they feel like they need it for their health. So there's a number of different reasons that people desire weight loss and, and use that as a motivator to get healthy. And I'm not judging anybody out there for using it. It's completely understandable that you would be in our world. But I truly believe that using weight loss as a motivator can lead us to do very unhealthy things for the sake of losing weight. You can go back and listen to episodes seven and eight for why I really don't recommend focusing on weight loss or using it as a motivator when trying to get healthy. Another common motivator a lot of people have is that they're trying to please somebody else, maybe their doctor, their spouse, or their mother. And this can cause some trouble as well. Uh, What happens when you're mad at your spouse or you realize that your doctor has been operating from a place of weight bias? Or you decide that it's your life and not your mother's and you have the right to do what you want. Putting that motivation in other people is generally a recipe for disaster and something I would avoid as well. Here are some other common whys I hear from people and that I personally have for myself that are perhaps a little more motivating, a little more sustainable as far as motivation goes as well. You just want to feel better. You want to have more energy. You're want better health, lower blood pressure, decreased risk of diseases. You want to just love yourself and treat yourself well. You want to get healthy so you can be around longer for those in your life. You can show a good example of being healthy to your kids and have more energy to care for your children. 
Many of my listeners are Christians or women of faith, and a big source of motivation for them and for me as well is that I want to show gratitude for my body, for the body that God gave me and how I treat it. And I believe that our bodies are temples and really should be treated with respect. So this is a completely personal thing. You get to decide what motivates you. Look really deep inside. Don't choose something that you think should motivate you or that motivates other people that you hear of. Really find your own personal whys for why you want to be healthy. And there are three main sources of motivation that that can help you find your why. The first one is yourself, of course, what you already really want. You can do a deep internal dive and pinpoint what it is that you want for yourself. The second source is looking at the benefits or maybe even the risks of doing a certain action. So kind of diving into some research can be helpful, finding why it's important to get enough sleep, why getting sunshine can be helpful, uh, the benefits of daily movement. Those things can be really motivating for people. And then the third is your context, what the people around you are doing, the different social pressures you have, uh, maybe advice from experts you've heard. This is why, as much as possible, it's so important to surround ourselves with people that have similar goals as we do, or that at least can help encourage us along our way in achieving our personal goals. I want to share a quick little story. I was uh, struggling recently with my motivation to cook dinners. I'm really good at creating a meal plan. I discussed my meal, my really easy meal planning method in the last episode, in episode 23. So you can go listen to that if you're interested. But oftentimes, I have a hard time actually carrying that meal plan out. And it's because I usually don't want to put my work away at four or five when I need to go start making dinner. There's a part of me, again, these conflicting motivations, part of me that's really motivated to just keep working on through that time. So I was talking to a life coach that I've met with a couple times about this issue, and she asked me why I didn't want to stop working, why I wanted to continue working. And I told her, I just really enjoy helping others be healthy. I like what I do for work. I like the creativity that's required for owning your own business. And she pointed out that I could use the same motivation for wanting to work as for cooking dinner. I want my family to be healthy. I can be creative in the kitchen if I want to. So it was really good just kind of taking a look at my brain and realizing, oh, the same motivation I have for wanting to continue working is actually the same reasons I want to cook dinner for my family. And then switching that in my brain, instead of cooking dinner feeling like a chore, I had that internal motivation. And it's been so much easier lately to shut down my work and go get dinner on the table. Another important point I want to make is because we humans are wired for more instant gratification as opposed to delayed gratification, it can be really useful to take advantage of that tendency whenever possible. Instead of focusing on the fact that exercising or eating or not eating a certain food will give you health, better health down the road or prevent certain types of cancer, for example, try and focus on a why that's more short-term and specific. Maybe it's going to help you have more energy today, prevent a sugar crash in an hour or two, limit the headaches or the heartburn that you might have. Uh, It's 
not going to spoil your appetite for dinner. It'll improve your mood and your mental cl- mental clarity today. Just trying to find those whys that are more instant gratification type whys rather than those way down the road type whys is just a lot easier for our brain to get motivated by. All right, so the second thing that we can do if we're feeling a lack of motivation, we're struggling in that area, is we can just limit the amount of motivation that we need or even stop relying on it altogether. The big trouble is motivation is really fickle. It comes and it goes. It's great when we have it, but it can be really unreliable. So for that reason, it's just not something we're going to really want to depend on to continue our healthy behaviors. That's why if we can stop relying on motivation and just create habits and routines instead, it becomes so much easier. It takes maybe a higher level of motivation to create that habit or routine, but once it's established, then you don't need motivation anymore. Lots of times you aren't even thinking about the behavior. Your ability is so high that it just happens automatically. And so there's literally zero motivation required for some of these behaviors. Now, if the habit or routine isn't something that you can just turn on autopilot and it's always going to need some amount of motivation, then you can try these two habit aids that I like to teach in my course. The first one I touched on earlier is try to make the behavior attractive, fun, desirable, satisfying, something that requires as little motivation as possible, something that you just naturally want to do. And then the second habit aid is to create a micro habit, something very small, really easy, takes just a few minutes, even a few seconds. These as well just require very little motivation because they're just so easy to do. And those are just two little tricks you can use to not have to rely on motivation so much. I want to finish up here by talking about the advice to, quote, just do it. We've likely all heard this phrase before, thanks to a popular shoe brand. And I do believe that sometimes we need to, quote, just do things that we might not want to at times. It's also true that motivation can follow action. It doesn't always have to be the other way around. How many of you have had an experience similar to this? Maybe you just weren't in the mood to exercise, but you decided to just do it anyways and go for a walk. You put on your tennis shoes, you force yourself out the door, and within five minutes, you suddenly feel that motivation come on and you ended up walking twice as far as you'd originally planned. This is actually a fairly common phenomenon. So you, if you are able to just get yourself to do something, even when you don't feel like it, then by all means, go for it. But as we discussed before, if you have zero motivation or zero ability to, quote, just do it, then this mentality doesn't really work. And it can actually be really frustrating when you can't seem to get yourself to just do something. It can leave you feeling like a failure or feeling like someone with zero willpower. I really don't believe in trying to force motivation for something you really don't want to do. Instead, try to find a reason that you do want to do that thing. Again, finding your why. Even if the actual thing is something that you just have to do to get to that why. So let me give an example. I was never motivated to change my kids' poopy diapers because I liked it. Thankfully, my kids are all out of diapers now, but it wasn't that long ago when they were in them. And no matter how much I tried, I could never convince myself I enjoyed changing poopy diapers and that it was fun. But I just did it anyways. 
However, when I really think about it, I still had motivation. My motivation was that I didn't want my babies to have to sit in the mess or to get diaper rash. I didn't want to have to smell it. I I didn't want it leaking out into their clothes or on my floor. I'm sorry if this is grossing anyone out. It, It just goes to show, though, that even if the actual behavior is not enjoyable and never will be, and you really can't feel motivated for that actual behavior alone, you can still find other things to cling to that help motivate you to do something. So I mentioned earlier, and I've mentioned in past episodes, I try to do about 10 minutes of Pilates or yoga most days of the week. And there are certain things that I do enjoy about this routine, like the stretching part. But during most of my Pilates routines, I'm in positions that are pushing my muscles past their comfort zone, and I'm feeling the burn, and I just want to stop. I don't really like that part of Pilates, pushing myself past my comfort level. And I don't think I'll ever be able to convince myself that I do enjoy it. I know there are some people out there who truly do enjoy that feeling of feeling the burn and really pushing themselves, but I am not one of those people. But what I do like is feeling stronger. I like being able to run up and down my stairs with ease uh, or go for a hike without getting exhausted. I like having better posture and being able to lift heavy things. So in those moments when I'm doing Pilates and my brain is like, why are we doing this? (laughs) Let's just stop. I try to remind myself of those whys. My motivation doesn't come from the exercises themselves because those just aren't fun for me. My motivation comes from the strength that I know I'm going to be gaining and the knowledge that I'm doing something good for my body and it's going to give me more energy that day and all those things as well. I also know that if I did strength training for, say, 30 minutes or an hour every day, I'd likely be able to shrink my body. But Weight loss for the sake of only losing weight is no longer a motivator of mine, although it definitely used to be a huge motivator of mine. But now I know that I'd have to continue strength training an hour a day to maintain that weight loss, and that is just not something I want to spend my time doing. I want to do just enough to get the health benefits from exercise without spending more time than is needed, unless it's something that I really, really enjoy doing. Now, I also want to really make sure to emphasize here that you are no better or worse of a person if you never want to do yoga or any type of strength strength training at all, even the 10 minutes. If those benefits that I mentioned just are not motivating to you and you just hate strength training of every type and have zero desire to do it, you are still 100% lovable and amazing and worthy. You could be the least healthy person in the world and that would not change your worth at all. So I want to emphasize that. But if you do want the benefits of something like Pilates or any other health-promoting behavior, but you're having a hard time getting motivated, I really recommend starting small, making it as enjoyable as possible, focusing on your personal whys, and creating a habit or routine that will help you stay consistent. So just to conclude this episode, motivation is important. It is necessary to a degree. But please do not let diet culture trick you into thinking that you need loads and loads of it to be healthy. All right, I really hope that something I shared today can help you along your health journey. I would love to hear your main takeaways from today's episode. You can visit me on Instagram at jennawaite underscore rd and share what helps keep you motivated 
or share what you plan on implementing from this episode for how you can get motivated to do something that you've been trying to build up some more motivation for. As always, thank you so much for joining me today. Have a fantastic week and I'll talk to you soon. If you'd like help implementing what we've talked about today more fully into your life, come check out my self-paced program at healththroughhabits.com. You'll use the science and tools of habit formation to help transform your health and your mindset. In just a few short weeks, you'll be able to add any number of healthy behavior and thought habits into your life so that you can enjoy finding true health for yourself. I hope to work with you soon.